Chapter 4, The Bait Shop. Ryder went to his room to get changed, but all he could think about was how close he had been to catching that frog. He thought that maybe the sight of the trap and his brother yelling had scared the frog enough that it wouldn't return that night. That seemed promising, so Ryder walked out of the house and met his brother in the driveway. Hurry up, let's go, James said. The brothers hopped into the car and buckled their seatbelts. James looked over to Ryder and teased him by saying, Sorry I didn't put the car seat in for you. Will you be okay in the front, little guy? James was proud of this bird as he giggled and continued to situate himself in the driver's seat. Ryder had been dealing with this type of harassment from his brother for years. He rolled his eyes and fired back with, You're the one who needs a booster seat to see above the steering wheel. Oh, the brotherly love these two shared. They both made a growling noise toward each other, then giggled as James reversed Mom's car out of the driveway, then drove in the direction of their new town. After a 30-minute drive, the boys had made it to the main part of the town. It was so much smaller than the city they used to live in. They pulled into the downtown area that was made up of four square blocks and one main street. That was where people went when they said they were going to town. As the boys got to Main Street, they saw banners and posters of upcoming town events. They were red, white, and blue bunting flags hanging from most of the stores. In the center of the Main Street, there was a roundabout with a huge grass area and a small gazebo. This place looked like something the brothers had seen in movies or on TV. As they were cruising through the streets, looking at the shops, Ryder quickly spotted a bait shop and yelled for his brother to park. I bet they'll have the perfect bait for that frog to lure him back in after being scared off, Ryder thought to himself. James parked the car but refused to join him in the bait shop. He said it wasn't the first place he wanted to be noticed in the new town, so Ryder went to the store alone. He wasn't supposed to do that, but he had no choice since his brother refused to join him. He pushed open the door of the bait shop, and a bell rang as he entered. Welcome! shouted a voice coming from the center of the store. Uh, thanks, Ryder replied, even though he couldn't see the person he was responding to. He began to walk through the store aisles, looking for anything the frog might like. It was cold in the shop. The lights were flickering toward the back of the store, and there was fuzzy music playing, like it was coming out of an old radio that didn't have a strong signal. Ryder couldn't decide if this place was creepy or super cool. As he got closer to the back of the store, he noticed a hand-painted sign that said, Crickets in a blood red color. Underneath the sign was a big white wooden box with tiny holes. There was a lamp above it and some empty egg cartons sitting right next to it. Perfect, he said. With some dead crickets sprinkled in my trap, I'll be sure to catch that frog now. The only problem was, the box had a lock on it, so Ryder went to find the person who welcomed him when he entered the shop. In the center aisle, he found a chubby man with a long black beard and thick mustache. He was wearing a messy apron and a backward army print hat. He was on his knees loading some fishing tackle on the shelves. Well, hello there, son, said the man. Are you all alone, he asked. No, my brother is just outside the door, Ryder said in a not-so-confident tone. 
James was notorious for ditching Ryder. But as they both leaned over to look by the door, Ryder was surprised to see his brother had hung around and didn't ditch him this time. Whew. Okay then, how can I help you today, said the man. I need to buy some of those dead crickets, please, Ryder responded. He was quite proud of himself for being independent and placing orders. But then the man started to laugh. We don't have any dead crickets in the store, but we certainly have live ones, if that's what you mean. The man's belly, even his beard and mustache, shook up and down as he laughed out loud at Ryder's request. Oh, said Ryder in a shocked tone. I don't know if that will work. I'm trying to catch a frog. Oh, that'll do the trick. Frogs love crickets, said the man. How many do you want? Ryder stood silently while the man got up off the floor and headed back toward the cricket box. He hadn't expected to find anything for the frog mission at all today, and now he might be coming home with live crickets. His brother would not allow that in the car, but Ryder thought to himself, how loud would crickets be anyway? Ryder thought if he got just a few, he could hide them in his inner pocket of his jacket and make it back home to continue his mission. The cricket box opened, and boy did that stink! The man scooped out a large scoop of crickets and placed them in a plastic bag that was filled with air and cut-up cardboard egg cartons. The man twisted it closed with a rubber band and handed it over to Ryder. He paid and slid the puffy bag of air and crickets into his jacket and calmly walked out the door as if he had done nothing at all. What were you doing in there for so long? asked James. Let's go see everything else. There's a skate shop and a diner I want to check out. No time. I need to get home, Ryder said in a panic. He was desperately hoping the bag would stop wiggling as much as it was in his inner jacket pocket. He could feel the crickets bouncing off the walls of the plastic bag, and it was starting to give him the heebie-jeebies. What? We just got here, James said, nudging Ryder along the sidewalk. Sorry, dude. We aren't leaving yet. Let's walk around. So Ryder was forced to walk Main Street with a wiggly bag full of crickets concealed in his jacket. From store to store, they walked, passing the people out and about. Ryder was so focused on the gross feeling of the moving bag that he slammed right into a young woman walking by. Whoa, bro, watch where you're going, James warned. I'm so sorry, Ryder said as he lifted his head to apologize to the young woman walking by. She was just about James's age, sporting dyed black hair with short bangs. Her ears were pierced all the way up, and she was wearing a shirt with the logo of James' favorite band on it. She was exactly the type of girl his brother would like. Ryder asked if she was okay, and he and the young woman briefly conversed about the accident. James seemed to have forgotten how to speak, because he just stood there in absolute silence with a weird look on his face. She was very polite and brushed it off. See you around, she said to the boys as she walked away. James's face turned about three shades of red. That was a good excuse to get James to go home. So they hopped back in the car and headed for the long country road home. Ryder thought about teasing James about the girl, but decided he'd save that one for later.
Chapter 5 The Cricket Fiasco They had just made it out of town when Ryder felt something jump across his shoe. He looked down to see a cricket had escaped and was loose in the car. Come to think of it, Ryder hadn't felt the bag wiggling anymore at all. Panic flushed over his body. He instantly felt itchy, as if covered in crickets. He slowly slid his hand into his jacket and was terrified by what he felt. No more puffy bag filled with air and crickets. Now it was more of a deflated bag of crickets that were squeezing their way out. How can this be happening? They're literally escaping into mom's car, Ryder thought. It must have happened when he ran into that girl. Be calm, be calm, Ryder chanted to himself in his head as he tried to contain the crickets in the bag. He was acting as if nothing was wrong, while blindly trying to find the hole the insects were escaping through. Then out popped another cricket, and then another. Now there were at least three crickets loose in the car. James' face had finally stopped blushing, and he turned to look at Ryder, starting to scold him. Why do you always have to be such a... Then his voice quickly changed from annoyed to a grossed out tone. What is on your face? Ryder had felt it too. A cricket was on his face. His silent panic changed to a very loud panic with screaming, slapping, and everything. James pulled the car over to the side of the road when he seemed to realize that more and more crickets were pouring out of the passenger seat where Ryder was sitting. The hole in the bag was getting bigger. Now the crickets were jumping on James. James flew out of the car, leaving the driver's side door wide open. Ryder followed behind. Both boys were screaming and slapping their own bodies, trying to get the crickets off. They both looked pretty crazy to the cars passing by because the crickets were small and couldn't be seen from the road. Once the crickets had scattered, Ryder threw himself down to the ground to try to catch a few stragglers. What the heck are you doing now? asked James. Ryder broke down, took a huge gasp of air as he always did before he told on himself and blurted out, I bought a bag of crickets at the bait shop. I was going to use them to catch the frog. I didn't tell you because you would have freaked out if I tried to bring them into the car. Then I bumped into the girl you wish was your girlfriend. And everything went really bad from there. Well, there it was. Ryder didn't wait too long after all to tease James about that girl. He hoped it would make him embarrassed enough to forget about the crickets. But it didn't. Not even close. In fact, James let out a big, frustrated sigh without breaking eye contact with Ryder. Ryder managed to grab a few crickets and stuff them back in his bag. Then James forced him to sit in the back seat and keep his hand over the holes of the bag the entire ride home. He was just happy he was able to bring them in the car again at all. The rest of the ride went pretty quiet, except for the occasional slapping of a cricket that hadn't escaped the car in a heavy sigh that followed. The boys made it home, and as they walked through the door, Mom asked how it went. James said, Oh, I don't know. Ask Ryder, and then went straight to his room. Ryder wasn't ready to break the news about the potential cricket infestation that might be brewing in her new car. So he kept it short and sweet and shouted, It was fine, as he made his way back outside. 
The sun would be setting in about an hour, and he was going to be called in for dinner soon, which was great because he hadn't even eaten lunch that day. He pulled out his bag with only three crickets left and carried them out to where he had left his trap. He reset the trap and then realized if he released the crickets, they would just hop away. Then he remembered seeing a very thin mesh net that they must have kept from their old fish tank when he was rifling through the garage. So Ryder ran back to get it. Dad was still in the garage working. He had started to organize the boxes and find new places for their contents. Ryder didn't want to give himself up about the mess he'd made there earlier that day. So he had to make some small talk and somehow work in the need for a small net. Before Ryder could bring up the net, Dad asked Ryder if he had seen any raccoons out there and told him the garage had been destroyed. Ryder shook his head no and then finally found a way to bring up their old fish tank. He asked Dad if they kept any supplies for it, knowing already that they had. Dad was excited to share that he had just come across that box. He told Ryder it was one of the boxes that had been dumped out and everything was spread across the garage. How weird! Ryder said with a guilty face. Dad found the box and handed it to him. He found the small net right on top and told Dad that was all he needed. He hugged his dad and headed back out to the trap. He had to quickly release the crickets and then trap them under the net so they couldn't go far. He was pretty pleased with himself for capturing all of them on the first try. He had the three crickets trapped under the old fish tank net placed perfectly under the propped up bucket. This time, the frog didn't wait long to come out. Maybe the sound of the chirping crickets was what got its attention, Ryder assumed. Oh my gosh, this is working, Ryder whispered to himself. He was back in place, ready to pull the rope and trap the frog. The frog hopped closer and closer, looking all around. It finally made its way up to the bucket, but stopped just before the opening of the trap. Ryder was so anxious he nearly pulled the rope too early. The frog finally crept into the bucket to investigate the crickets under the net. And that's when Ryder pulled the rope. It worked! Ryder couldn't believe it. He jumped up into the air and shouted, Yes! I got him! I got him! The bucket was bouncing and shifting from side to side. The frog was trying so hard to get out. Ryder walked over and placed his hand on it so the energetic croaker wouldn't escape. He was able to pull the net out, releasing the crickets in the bucket. The frog must have eaten them because it got pretty quiet for a moment. What should I do now? thought Ryder. He wondered if James would be willing to drive the frog far away from the house and release it in one of the ponds they saw along the road to town. But he knew James wasn't in the mood to do him any favors after the cricket fiasco. Now that he had caught it, Ryder couldn't think of anything humane and safe to do with the frog. He thought it might be best to put him in a tank and then ask mom to take him to the pet store and drop him off. There, he imagined, some kid could buy and keep him as a pet. Just then, Ryder realized he had forgotten his camera again. He couldn't miss this opportunity to take the photo. So he found a rock and placed it on top of the bucket and ran as fast as he could to his room to grab his camera. When he got back, panting and out of breath, the bucket was shifting side to side again, but the rock had been holding the bucket down enough that the frog's escape attempt was unsuccessful. 
After gulping in some air and taking a few seconds to pump himself up, he hung his camera around his neck and removed the rock. He was ready to see that pesky frog up close and personal. Carefully, he reached under the bucket and felt around for the slimy beast. He got a good hold of it and flipped the bucket off. He had that big green frog in his hands and held him up to his face to have a closer look at the very thing that had been consuming his thoughts for the last 24 hours. To Ryder's surprise, the frog didn't try to jump out of his grasp. He didn't even wiggle. He just hung there as Ryder looked him right in the eyes. And the frog looked right back at Ryder. Croak, went the frog. And their eye contact finally broke as Ryder burst out in laughter. <laughs> yeah, so... That's what you've been doing to keep me up all night, you pesky frog, Ryder informed the green noisemaker, as if the frog could understand him. Smile, frog. Let me get a good picture of you, Ryder said as he slid his camera up to his face and quickly snapped a photo. Ryder stared at the frog again and then down at the perfect photo that was starting to print out of his camera, and then back again at the frog. He thought more and more about the animal being trapped in a cage as someone's pet, and he began to feel a great deal of guilt and sadness. Ryder couldn't believe himself, but having made his decision, he knelt down and released the frog. All that work, and I'm just going to let you go, he said. He couldn't help but feel like this frog had a soul. It seemed like it had a real personality, and it would be cruel to lock him up. Ryder didn't expect what happened next, as the frog didn't hop away. He stayed on the ground, let out another croak, and continued to look at Ryder. After a minute passed with them staring at each other, the frog finally took one hop towards the woods, and then stopped and looked back at Ryder as if he was trying to thank him for releasing him. Ryder, feeling rather content, gathered his trap and started to walk backward toward the house. Now, try not to croak at me all night tonight, he hollered back to the frog. The frog turned around at the edge of the backyard in the woods and croaked at Ryder one last time before turning and hopping away. You're welcome, Ryder said, and he turned and made his way into the house, reviewing the photo of the frog with a half smile on his face. 